Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Hello, Project Church. We're so glad that you were able to join us this weekend um, just for the reading of the word. And we're so thankful that in this time during quarantine that we have technology. Somebody in their household needs to say amen. Thank God for technology. We still have an opportunity to connect every weekend. And honestly, we have opportunities at Project Church throughout the week to join community and to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and just join the online community because this is a time more than ever as we're quarantined that we need to be connecting. So if this is your first time having a Project Church experience or if you're just new to the faith in general, we really truly believe that church is not just a building. Church is not a place where people meet. We believe that church is people. And whether or not we're able to meet in a physical space, we truly believe that the church is alive and well. And because you're watching this and because you've decided to connect to community um, through this experience, we know that the church is alive and well. So again, make sure you jump on Facebook, Instagram, and connect to our online community. Also, next week is normally the week that everybody comes out and joins people for church. Well, church this year is going to be online, and we have an exciting experience for you that can all be seen online, obviously, because we're going to continue to not meet until we're told that we can come out of quarantine. And so we're going to just stay respectful and honor our leadership of the state If you're experiencing Project Church for the first time, we're in the middle of going through a series called Marked by Jesus. And at Project Church, we do expository preaching, which means that we study the scriptures verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we really believe that we can really understand who Jesus is when we look into the scriptures and when we understand who he is and believe that having a relationship with him will change us, we truly do become changed. Last week, Caleb and I spoke a message, and I want to encourage you to go back to previous messages by going to projectchurch.com just so you can understand um, where we've come from before this scripture. But we see that Jesus heals a woman's daughter who is demon-possessed. And then this week, we're going to look at this, this account of Jesus healing a man who is deaf and mute. And there's a significant verse here that will set us up for what I believe Jesus is really trying to say to us today. It's in verse 34. And looking up to him, he sighed and said to him, Ephapha. Ephapha is a significant word. And then he goes on to say what it means. That is, be opened. And when he says, be opened, he doesn't stop there. He says, and his ears were opened. The scripture says three times that Jesus opened up the ears, and he even says, Ephaphtha. He says, be open. He commands the man's ears to be opened. And that's my message for you today, that you would open up. Today, we need to open up. I believe that God is speaking to us in this day and age to open up and not just open up our ears to hear, but open up our hearts. So we have to open up. The whole chapter really is about shining the light on what's happening in our hearts. In Mark 7, 6 through 7, it says this, And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people 
honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they, do, they, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In vain they worship. Because here's what he's saying to the religious people of this day, that, that everything is so external. Everything is about the outward, but I'm trying to get into your hearts. God is wanting to do something in our church and in this world, and it's something bigger than we can imagine for ourselves. And it is a work that's going to happen from the inside out, not the outside in. It has to happen and start in our hearts. Here's what happens in the Old Testament. And this is what the religious people of Jesus's day practice. You had to cleanse yourself before going into the holy place. And God set this up so that we could be brought to a place of repentance and, and remind us that we have to be cleansed of our sins before we go into the holy of holies, before we're in the presence of God. But what the religious people of Jesus's day was doing, what they were doing was they were saying that you become acceptable to God by means of washing of yourselves. When God set up these ceremonial laws in order for us to be reminded that we have to repent in our hearts, what religious people do back then and still today is take external actions and make that the means by which we become clean. But God's saying, no, That's not how you become clean. You become clean by the work that is done in your heart. So I believe that Jesus is telling us today through the scripture to open up your heart. Open up your heart to what he wants to reveal to it. Open up your heart. So let's pick it up here in chapter 7, verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the, of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And, lacking, or, and taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spinning, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed. And here's that significant scripture again. He sighed and said to him, Ephaphtha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened. His tongue was released and he spoke plainly. What a miracle. In verse 36, and Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord today. Let's pray real quick. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But God, it lights us and it, and it sheds light on what's happening in our hearts. So God, I pray that today we would open up your our hearts to what you have to say. God, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but God, we would be doers. So may that the words just not stay in our ears and our, and our minds, but God, may it really embed itself in our hearts so that we might experience true transformation. God, we don't want to be external people. We want to be internal people who are changing um, based on where you're leading us. So God, have your way today in your precious name. Amen. So I really believe that the scripture is going to show us how we can open up our hearts, but also why should we be opening up our hearts? And number one, why should we open up our hearts? I believe it's because Jesus inconveniences himself to meet 
our needs. If we are to open up our hearts, I believe that we're going to experience and see and understand that Jesus inconveniences himself to meet our needs. I want you to take a look at the map. And on this map, you see what what is described in verse 31. He returned to the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. And I just want you to understand what, what's happening with the disciples and Jesus. He started here at Tyre and then he goes up to Sidon all the way to Decapolis. And you kind of wonder why would Jesus go up to Sidon if he is going all the way to Decapolis. Why would he go somewhere else before he made it to Decapolis? And I believe that Jesus is showing us and telling us that he will inconvenience himself to meet our needs. He knew where the needs were. He knew where he was going to perform miracles. He knows where all of us are at. And some of us are feeling like he doesn't see us. In quarantine, we feel hidden in our homes. We feel like no one sees us. But Jesus is saying that I will inconvenience my trip and my, my way of going so that I can meet your need. Jesus goes out of his way for us. That is the Jesus that we serve. So when we open up our hearts, we recognize that he goes out of his way for us because he loves us. Number two, Jesus responds to the desperate. He responds to the desperate. I love what he says here in verse thirty. Um, what 33, excuse me, 32. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment and they begged him. They begged him to lay his hand on him. I believe that Jesus responds to those who are desperate. Here's the thing. Jesus came that he might save all of us. All of us. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him. Whoever, anyone who believes in him, he will save. And I believe that means that he will meet the needs of anybody who is desperate for him. Anyone, that means Jew or Gentile. That means every single color skin, anybody from high economic status to low economic status. Jesus is wanting to meet the needs of everyone. He's wanting to respond to our desperation for him. And when we respond to our desperation for him, we recognize how much he loves us. Why? So why open up your heart to Jesus? Because he responds to the desperate. Not until our hearts are open can we finally become desperate. I also believe that Jesus responds to us specifically. So why should we open up our hearts to Jesus? Because he wants to respond to us specifically. I want you to think about this healing that took place just before where this, this woman and her daughter was demon-possessed. He didn't, he didn't take her aside the way he took this deaf man aside. But I wonder if this Syrophoenician woman had a different sort of need than this man, this, this man who is deaf. All, she, all he did was say, go home, go home, Syrophoenician woman. Your daughter is healed. That's all it took. But what Jesus does here is he brings this man Aside, He brings this deaf man aside that was brought to him. 
And I believe that it, what, what's happening here is that Jesus is meeting his needs specifically. In this day and age, healers at this time would do what Jesus did, spitting of the hand, putting the, the fingers in his ear. All these things were, was very common. So when Jesus took this man aside, he wasn't confused because he immediately started doing these actions that he would recognize as trying to heal. And he does this out of compassion for this man. And I also believe that he brought this man aside because in this day and age, if you are deaf and mute, oftentimes you were a little bit of a spectacle. And he and, and people wanting to heal this man and it not happening over and over probably could have been a spectacle. And and Jesus was just telling him, no, you're not going to be a spectacle. I'm going to set you aside and bring you over here privately and I'm going to meet your needs specifically. It wasn't the same way that he had healed the demon-possessed girl, but he did it specifically for this man. He wants you to understand that he understands what you're facing. He understands your need. And so we serve a God who responds to us specifically. He, he, and when he does respond to us specifically, he also speaks words over us. He speaks words over us that are powerful and specific. So number one, Jesus inconveniences himself to meet our needs. Number two, he responds to the desperate. Number three, he responds to us specifically. And number four, Jesus performs miracles. Why should we open up our hearts to Jesus? Because he wants to perform miracles for us. And again, I want you to think about this idea that Jesus brought this man aside. When he brought this man aside, he, he was doing something specific for him. He, he didn't do this to display his power. He didn't do this to be a spectacle. He did this because he wanted to display his love for this man and that he was going to respect him. He was going to bring him to this place privately. He wasn't going to just display his power. Some of us believe that the end all of our lives is for God to come through on a need and for him to perform a miracle. But no, God... God doesn't want to just perform miracles for the sake of performing miracles. God wants to, and, and, and to, to reveal to you that he loves you and he does this through performing miracles. You know, sometimes when I set my kids aside when we're at a restaurant, oftentimes I think they're scared because we go to the bathroom to get ourselves under control and to not act crazy at the dinner table in front of all these strangers. And so this idea of setting our kids aside or bringing them aside can sometimes be, um, you know, fearsome for my fearful for my kids. They might be wondering, oh my goodness, am I going to get a harsh discipline moment here? Am I going to just be corrected? And, you know, I wonder if sometimes we come to church and, and we hear that Jesus wants to bring us aside or he wants to have this moment with us, we wonder if we come to church and we're going to experience God, if he's just going to point down on us and say, you've got to get it together. I want to do miracles in life, but not your life, but not until you get it together. Not until you start figuring yourself out here. Not before you start getting yourself right again. That is not the God that we serve. That is not the Jesus that we're reading about here today. Jesus loves us and he doesn't, he doesn't want us to experience miracles and experience church services um, after we get clean. No, he says, I want to meet your need. I want to perform miracles and I do it so that you know that I love you. Not to display my power, but to display my love for you. So why should we open up our hearts not only does he perform miracles, but finally, I believe that Jesus brings everything back to order. 
If you look at it in verse 36 and 37, he says this, and Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure saying he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. You know, I really believe that what Jesus is doing here is that he's, he's bringing back for this man what he meant for this man to be. And this man was meant to hear. He was meant to speak. And by telling everybody about this, they were telling, they were telling everybody that there's this new beginning that is happening now that Jesus is on the scene. He's a man who brings things back in order. He's a man who causes miracles to happen so we can have a fresh start. If you're looking for a fresh start in your life today, I want you to understand that God and Jesus's plan is that things would be brought back to order, that you might have a new beginning. It says this in a commentary that I was reading about these particular verses, verse 36 and 37. It says this, In the beginning, everything had been good. Man's sin had spoiled it all. And now Jesus was bringing back the beauty of God to the world, which man's sin had rendered ugly. This is the gospel message that Jesus would bring things back to order the way he, that he intended for it to be. And so by him telling people about, telling people not to talk about this miracle, he knew that they were going to, and he knew that they telling and testifying what Jesus and what he had done in this time was going to be a new beginning for all of humanity. There's a, a Jesus who's going to save us, a Jesus who's going to perform miracles and heal us from, from our ailments. This is who Jesus is. Jesus is going to bring things back to order. And I want you to look at a scripture, Isaiah 35, 4 through 6. And it's just another reminder that this was God's intent from the beginning of time. Isaiah says this, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. And and listen to this for yourself today. Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. When he saves us, we have a new beginning. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Isaiah the prophet prophesied that this would happen, that the blind would see, that ears would be opened and the deaf unstopped. And they shall, then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. This is God's initial plan. So I want you to just be encouraged in this time that, that even in the midst of this COVID-19 thing, and unlike people have said, I've heard it say that, oh, Jesus is bringing judgment on America and bringing judgment on this world. I actually believe that he's actually allowing some of this to happen so that we can have a fresh start a new start. He wants to bring things back. He allows these things to happen because we live in a fallen world and, and generation after generation has committed sin and we've destroyed, we've destroyed things. But he wants to bring things back in order that we might have a fresh start. So I know I explained to you why should we open up our hearts for multiple reasons, because Jesus inconveniences himself to meet our needs, because Jesus responds to the desperate, because Jesus responds to us specifically. Jesus performs miracles. Jesus brings everything back in order 
So how do we open up our hearts? Number one, we can inconvenience convenience ourselves for others. Jesus inconvenienced himself to meet the needs of the people in this day. And I believe we can reflect Jesus and what he's done in our lives by inconveniencing ourselves for others. And I said this last week, man, we might just think that we're all shut in, we're all quarantined and, um, you know, everybody to, you know, take care of yourselves. No, I believe as a church that we can, we can still continue to be the church and, and meet the needs of other people. You might be thinking, but I have to socially distance. No, who can you be praying for? Who can you be checking in on? Who do you know is, would tend to isolate themselves in this time? And who do you know would be anxiety ridden during this time? Who are you reaching out to in this time? Maybe it might be an inconvenient thing. Maybe it might be an uncomfortable word that you need to share with somebody, or maybe it's reconciliation that needs to take place. I believe when we open up our hearts, um, he can do and work through us. And so how do we open up our hearts even more inconvenience ourselves for others? And also number two, we have to become desperate. Jesus responds to the desperate. I believe we can open our hearts by becoming more desperate. When we humble ourselves, we pour out ourselves so that there might be room for him to do a work in us. So he wants to do something in our hearts, but he's gonna do it when we open up ourselves, when we open up ourselves and become desperate for him. Third, how do we open up our hearts? I believe that we should pray specifically. If Jesus responds to us specifically, then I believe that we can pray specifically. We have not because we ask not. What is it that God um, needs to do in your life? What is it that you want God to do in your life? He will meet your needs specifically. So I'm just encouraging you today to continue to pray specifically for the needs that you have because he is a God who responds specifically Also, how can we open up our hearts? We can expect miracles. If Jesus performs miracles so that our faith would rise, then I think we need to start opening up our hearts and expect miracles. And when we are in that attitude of expecting miracles, we're thanking God left and right for everything that he's provided. We're starting to see things with a perspective that's positive. We start to see things with a perspective that's saying, God is at work and that we're starting to notice and becoming aware of God working all around us. And so if we're going to open up our hearts, we're going to expect miracles, but that's going to take a perspective shift. We need to shift our perspective so that we might expect miracles and not be doom and gloom in this time. It's so easy in this day and age to be so doom and gloom. Worst case scenario, catastrophic events are happening around us. No, we serve a God who wants to come through for us specifically. He wants to perform miracles in our lives because he's a God who loves us, not just to display his power, but to display his love for us. So if you open up your heart, start expecting miracles. That's how your heart opens. Also, finally, how do we open up our hearts? We trust in Jesus. We trust in Jesus. If Jesus shows us in these scriptures that he he wants to bring everything back into order, then I believe that we can trust in Jesus. We open up our hearts by trusting Jesus. And what does this look like? And I I said it in a devotional earlier this week that we trust Jesus when we're perplexed, we pray. When we're confused, we connect to a faith-filled community. 
And when we're worried, we worship. I want you to think for a moment about how we can connect to a faith-filled community. So many of us are facing fears, anxieties, situations with our jobs, sickness with family members. And a a lot of things are still happening in our lives. And in this quarantine, everything is heightened. Everything is magnified. But I believe that when we connect to faith-filled community, we start to see how Jesus is working in other people's lives. And here's the thing, because Jesus works so specifically in each of our lives, he, sh- he reveals different facets of who he is and the way he's at work in all of our lives. And I believe that when we connect to faith-filled community, not only do we see him at work and see him working in our lives, but we see another facet of how he works in other people's lives. We get the fullness of who he is when we jump into community and stay connected. So when you're confused and when you're having a hard time, stay connected to your faith-filled community because Jesus is going to reveal himself to you in that time. And so finally, I'm just gonna close with verse 36 and 37. It says, Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. What happens when we open up our hearts to Jesus is that we open up our hearts to understanding a God and a Savior that puts things back in order that makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. A miraculous healing takes place here. And as that miraculous healing takes place, the people go out and tell others about the miraculous work because Jesus is wanting everybody, everybody, all of their hearts to be opened up to understand that Jesus is truly a sympathetic savior. He's a sympathetic savior and you can open up your heart to him. When you think about the way he met the the need of this, this man, this deaf man, this mute man, you see significant again in this verse that he says, and it says that he sighed, he sighed and said to him. What I believe about this scripture is that when Jesus sighs, he reveals to us that he's human. He is the God incarnate. He is God in human form. And Jesus was sent to this earth so he could understand exactly what we're going through. Jesus is that kind of savior. That's why he meets the need so specifically. That's why he performs this miracle to display his love for us. That's why he responds to our desperation because he knows what it's like to be in desperate situations. And I believe that this sigh, I believe that this sigh just shows us how human Jesus really is. I think about different um, people who minister at all times to people. I think about therapists and I wonder if it's as humans, we sometimes have to turn off part of our brains so that we can handle life, you know, and the, the weight of so many burdens and things that people share with us can be so heavy. And I love that I can understand and see that Jesus was not somebody who ever turned off his brain towards our needs. He went out of his way to meet our needs. He responded to the desperate. He met our needs specifically because he's a, he was human, he was human. He understands and he can sigh with us. That says to me that he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be at rest until we were at rest. 
That is the God that we serve. That is the Jesus that we serve. And so I just encourage you in this time to open up your heart and allow him to do a work in your heart that only he can do. Church is not about a building. Church is about people. And church is, is about Jesus doing a transformational work from the inside out, not the outside in, not religious religiosity and to then becoming pure. No, it's having a heart change and then behavior modification follows. This is the gospel of Jesus. No matter who you are, he wants to meet your need. He wants to do it specifically. He wants to increase your faith. He wants to perform miracles for you. And he wants to bring things back in order, give you a new start, give you a fresh start. And so I encourage you and I implore you, receive him in your heart today, open up your heart to him and you will be changed forever. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.